0: Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. ar-Rahman rahim Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen Sallallahu wasallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad Wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. InshaAllah we left off Towards the end of the section on praise of the Prophet Sallallahu alayhi wa In the poem of the Burda Of Imam al-Busiri Radiyallahu uh, ta'ala is this? So, um left off on the line of the poem where the author says, Rahimahu Ta'ala, Wanafon Allahu Yahubi Ulumi Fidarin, Amin. Ka enamelu ul maknunu fi sodafin, Min maa dine, mantikin, menhu wa mubtesi it as it is as if precious hidden pearls sparkling from their shells came from the treasure mine of his speech and smile um, so the commentator Rahimahullah says the following here the author, may Allah have mercy upon him, completes the meaning of the preceding couplet. In other words, if you were to meet this magnificent Prophet and noble emissary, Wasallam, your mind would be bewildered and dazzled on account of his tremendousness and awe. And if you were to encounter him by himself, it would seem to you that he was standing in the midst of a vast and powerful army. And if you were to keep his company and sit with him, you would find his speech the sweetest, his expressions the most eloquent, his words the most expressive. So this is now related to this last one, which in the previous descriptions relate to the lines of the poem before him. In some, he was the mo- before them. In some, he was the most eloquent. In some, he was the most eloquent of humanity. The Prophet وسلم, was truly miraculously exemplary in his speech Sallallahu And this is something that really um, deserves consideration And for us ourselves, um, something to consider for ourselves uh, to strive to use the best speech possible is a noble thing to strive towards and to kind of like develop an appreciation for expression, an appreciation for word choice. Uh, it, it enriches our ability to engage with one another. Of course, this is one of the core descriptions of the Arab at the time of the Prophet sallallahu Alaihi wa is that they were gifted in speech. And so when when that is there Then the ability to interact The ability to engage with meaning um, Is very much more So learning to do that is extremely important Regardless of what language we speak it's said about the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam By Abu Huraira radiallahu Never saw anyone more beautiful than the emissary of Allah It was as if the sun shone upon his face And when he laughed His light would shine upon the walls In another narration When he spoke It appeared as though light was emanating from between his teeth So In another narration about his laughter His laughter was mostly smiles Revealing something akin to hailstones Again this idea of just him opening his mouth, there would be an emanation of sorts that comes from that. And then the last line in this chapter is the line that says, "La turban tuba limuntashiqin minhu wa no perfume can match the ground that holds his bones. Blessed are those who breathe in its fragrance or kiss it. No perfume can match the ground that holds his bones. Blessed are those who breathe in its fragrance or kiss it. The author says that there is no fragrance in existence as sweet as the ground that holds the blessed bones of allah's emissary sallallahu wasallam and covers his pure body and noble and holy person no fragrance of any kind comes close to the matching to matching or rivaling the earth around him it is possible that the author intends by this couplet a physical fragrance and that is the apparent meaning many people have established probity ...who have performed hajj and come into clo- physical contact with the Blessed Grave... ...have reported that they smelled su- supranormally fine scents there. So this is... Uh, uh, of The Prophet ﷺ also mentions in the commentary that this is known to be true uh, among righteous people. So there's a known and experienced reality of the passing of righteous people that... Um, that some of them will have beautiful scents emanate from them and he says and of course what's more befitting or who's more befitting this righteous person or the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam to have such a scent come from him during the prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam's life he was known for his beautiful smell. They said his sweat smelled finer than the finest mus- musk, and um, his, even his hands were fragrant. That if someone, if he put his hand on someone's head, وسلم, then their head would smell like that. So you would smell that beautiful sm- scent on on their head afterwards. Uh, the palms of his hands were more fragrant than fine musk and ambergris it was as if his hands were those of a perfumer whenever anyone shook his hand his fragrance would remain with them for the remainder of the day if he patted a child's head that child would be distinguishable from other children so this is the prophet uh, when the prophet passed away there was nothing unpleasant that appeared from him as typically appears from the deceased fragrant in his worldly life and after his passing. In some, Allah scented the cosmos with his gentle breeze, and everything was perfumed by him. Hearts drew sustenance from him and were made agreeable, and souls inhaled his sweet aroma and were expanded. Certainly there is no match or rival to the scent of the earth that contains the Prophet's blessed bones. That is a unique favor granted by Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that ends chapter three on the praise of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and brings us into chapter four. Brings us into chapter four, which is on the Prophet's birth. Prophet's birth. Um perhaps it bears noting that uh, the Burda in many ways is could be considered a Mawlid poem. A Mawlid poem. Which, you know, generally these, these mollid poems, they have various chapters, and they'll have introductory chapters on different topics, and then they'll talk about the beginning of the Prophet Wasallam's life, oftentimes, and then they'll get to... Or, I'm sorry, they'll, they'll kind of give some background, and then eventually they'll come to the Prophet's birth. And oftentimes in these poems, when people recite them in gatherings... Um, and the question of, you know, making dhikr in congregation Is uh, a, its own question that can be dealt with later You can read about it, you can do whatever But uh, I find it fascinating, for example, that people who don't look disfavorably They look disfavorably upon dhikr in a gathering But they'll go to like a... Uh, uh, who's the famous singer now? Mahir They'll be at a conference and Maher will have the uh, entertainment session. And all that he's doing is singing poetry praising the Prophet wasallam, which is the same thing as singing the Burda. And everyone's in the audience and some of them are singing and stuff like that. And um, uh, so, some of the people in the audience will be singing or whatever it might be. And they won't think that there's any issue with that. <laughs> but then if you get them in a room and they sing the Burda, then God forbid, you know. But it's the same. You're doing the same thing, actually. Uh, you know, going to the famous singer who has the Islamic videos on YouTube for their for their music and then watching them sing and singing along with them is the same thing. But anyways, in these poems... <sighs> In these poems, uh, oftentimes there will reach a point in the poem that m- references the birth of the Prophet, and oftentimes you'll see people kind of stand up at that point in the poem. Uh, the point of standing up in that poem is to, at that point in the poem, poem is to uh, honor, like the way that you would stand up when a righteous person comes into the room or a noble noble person comes into the room. When you get to the part of the poem that mentions the Prophet ﷺ coming into the physical world, then people will stand up for that part because he's come into the physical world, so you stand up for it just like if a noble person came into a room, you would stand up for it. That's what it is, it's not it doesn't need to be made into more than that. Uh, Wallahu But anyways, that brings us to chapter four. Chapter 4 on the Prophet's birth, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, where the author says: Abana mawliduhu anti bi unsurihi yati mubtadi'in minhu wa mukhtatami. Abana mawliduhu anti bi unsurihi yati mubtadi'in minhu wa mukhtatami. His birth made the purity of his pedigree evident. Oh, how pure were his beginning and his end. I think what's interesting about the second half of the poem Is that like <coughs> The section praising him Ends with Mention of the nobility of his grave And the section talking about his birth Begins with Talking about how the be- the beginning And his end were pure And that what happened at the time of his birth Made clear His pedigree His pedigree This is a good word Um SubhanAllah You know I I think I think it's important for Muslims in the West To Really try to put some effort into Acquiring the language of the people Um, I know people are immigrating from different places They're trying to get established They're trying to Of course all of that But when we have an appreciation for the language As I was saying a few lines ago it really makes things different Like this is a good word, pedigree But I've never heard um, I think this is the first time I've, he- I've I've really heard this used In relation to the lineage of the Prophet sallallahu wa sallam, That he has a pedigree in that way um, Of course modern usages and things are different But it's a good word Anyways his birth made the purity of his pedigree evident. Oh, how pure were his beginning and his end. Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. There were many, many miracles that accompanied the birth of the Prophet, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. A few of them. One of them is that Amina, his mother, uh, received good news that she was pregnant with the Prophet, Sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and when she did uh, when she got that news she was told you are carrying the master of this nation so when he is born you must supplicate I seek refuge from him and the one from the evil of every envier and then you must name him Muhammad this is narrated about that it's also narrated that when she was pregnant with him she saw a light that extended from her all the way to the Levant and that was uh, an indication that this ummah would be given victory over those lands um, and that the guidance would reach those places Among the signs um, is that the Prophet ﷺ, when he was born, he lifted his head And he looked to the skies, he looked to the heavens Umm ibn as she says that she saw the stars drawing near And light manifested during the Prophet's birth Until all that she could see was light Everything was light. Complete illumination. Uh, the Khosrow's arch in his palace uh, collapsed. The lake that the Zoroastrians had collapsed, or, or dried up. The sacred fire of the Zoroastrians was extinguished. Um, an idol of the Quraysh kept falling. Um... Many, many different things happened in the time of the birth of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. For his pure origins and goodly mention that were made clear during his birth. Like if all of these things are happening, obviously that's an indication to who is being born. And uh, There's no doubt then that the Prophet ﷺ was the noblest of people being born of such a father and mother. Ibn Abbas related that the Prophet said Truly Allah divided mankind into two groups Meaning the companions of the right and the companions of the left He made me the best of them in pedigree I am therefore the best among the companions of the right And then it mentions other uh, things of that as well He said Wasallam. Indeed, I am the most God-fearing of the children of Adam and the noblest of them in the sight of Allah. Then Allah established households and he placed me in the best of them. Uh, It is related on the authority of Wathila ibn Aqsa that the Prophet ﷺ said, Allah selected Ismail from the children of Ibrahim and selected Banu Kinana from the offspring of Ismail and selected Quraysh from Banu Kinana and selected Banu Hashim from Quraysh and selected me from Banu Hashim. And this is all narrated in other works as well, but the idea here is that the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam has an extremely noble lineage. Now, this lineage thing, we've at least what I've seen in our in our local community, is that the lineage thing for oftentimes in previous generations was sometimes taken too far. And the response to that has been to kind of reject it wholesale. Be like, we're not gonna talk about this at all. Um, Whereas maybe like a generation before, people know this is my father and this is my forefathers and so on and so forth And this is the tribe that we come from and this is the people that we are And we're different than these people, we have these qualities, they have these qualities, so on and so forth That was kind of like a knowledge that was known um, Especially in certain places And sometimes it became like very tribalistic and so people kind of rejected that at times The Prophet ﷺ, one of the things that he said is that the one whose deeds slow them down their lineage will not speed them up the one whose deeds slow them down their lineage will not slow them up or uh, speed them up so just having good lineage doesn't mean anything if the person doesn't do good but you can kind of infer from that that if they do do good then their lineage may help them and it may support them The good news with this is that if you go back far enough, no matter who you are, you're going to find some great things in your lineage. Just the way that it goes, because you go back four, five, six, seven generations, you're talking about hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people. So you're going to find someone who you can be like, wow, subhanAllah, this person did amazing things. Um, So, you know, we, we take pride in that, and we hope that we have the good remnants of the people that came before us and that we will leave good things for the people that come after us to aspire to as well. Ibn Abbas narrated that the Messenger of Allah said Allah caused me to descend to the earth while in Adam's loins. So the nur, the light of the Prophet is passed actually from generation to generation. Mm-hmm. Then he placed me with Nuh, then he placed me with Ibrahim, then he placed me with Ismail until, 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 until. Um, that line. I mean, along the lines of like, had had the knife seen the light of the Prophet Muhammad in the in the forehead of Sayyidna Ismail. Then the knife would have fallen prostrate or something like that There's a line like this, I forget what it is Might be from Sheikh Saleh al-Jafri In any case uh, Next line This is going to be the last line that we cover today But there's a lot in it It's a very interesting one And this will kind of lead us into the month of Ramadan Which will have its own programming Inshallah And we'll return to the Burda Allah gives us long life and Allah gives us Tawfiq after the month of Ramadan. Insha'Allah. Yo monta far rasafi hill forsu and nohumu kad undiru bi hulululin butsiwan nekami. Yo monta far rasafi hill forsu and nohumu kad undiru bi hulululin butsiwan nekami. One nekami, one nekami, sorry, one nekami. On that day, the Persians intuited that they had been warned of looming misery and retribution. On that day, the Persians intuited that they had been warned of looming misery and retribution. The word that's used here is is firasa. Tafarasa comes from firasa. Why is he using it for the Persians? Mostly a play on words, but firasa is what he spends most of the commentary on here, which is a quality that the believer can have. It is a light from Allah and one of his secrets, subhanahu wa ta'ala. With it, the believer looks and sees as if they are present before him. The guidance that a person can acquire from his spiritual intuition is proportionate to the strength of his faith. It is possible that a person of spiritual intuition may predict a future event, and it takes shape exactly as he predicted. Spiritual intuition is conveyed through pre- presages and notions, uh, just as a fearful person is given away by certain signs. So the Prophet ﷺ, he said it nurillah beware of the firasa, the spiritual intuition of the believer. Because they look with the light of Allah They look with the light of Allah And so this is the idea here Now he goes in the commentary To distinguish between a soothsayer And an inspired person It's very interesting I'm going to read it because this is this. There's going to be a lot of reading in this section But because there's some stories But there's also some really interesting things That he says about the spiritual insight A soothsayer Kahin is one who receives news from jinn that he then informs others. So this happens. The jinn are here and they move around in the world in a way that we do not move around. They are able to acquire information that we are not normally able to acquire as a result of that. And a soothsayer, a kahin, communicates with these jinn and gets information from them and then passes it on to others. Inspired person, a muhaddith. A Muhaddath Not Muhaddith Muhaddith is a scholar of Hadith But a Muhaddath Which is specifically mentioned This category of people Specifically mentioned in the Hadith Which is kind of a confusing thing to say After what I just said But this The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Specifically mentions the idea Of a person who is Muhaddath uh, They are an inspired person inspired. They are spoken to In a sense they're inspired one who receives news from the angels that he then communicates to others The difference therefore between a soothsayer and an inspired person is that the former receives his information from the jinn while the latter receives his information from an angel Allah can also create knowledge within the heart of the inspired person without thought, contemplation or via an intermediary of what will happen to him in the future among such inspired people is Sayyidina Umar radiallahu And this was uh, You know the story is going to come But the Prophet Sallallahu specifically said About Sayyidina Umar That in the people before you there were people who were Muhaddath And if anyone is like that from my ummah it's Umar So he specifically said that This story here Is a famous story That he appointed Sadia As commander over an expeditionary force Pointed Sadia as a commander over an expeditionary force. Sadia and his troops made contact with the enemy, but the enemy vastly outnumbered them and nearly wiped them out. Meanwhile, in Medina, far away from Sadia, Omar was addressing the people when suddenly he began to speak about Sadia and his troops, and Allah disclosed their plight to Omar's heart, and he began to cry out. Ya Sariyatu Al Jabal. Ya Sariatul Al Jabal. Ya Sariya Al Jabal. O Sariya, take to the mountain. O Sariya, take to the mountain. Allah conveyed Omar's cry to Sadia, and Sariya and the Muslims with him took refuge on the mountain, and that was the cause of their survival. This is it's an actual story from the time of Sayyidina Omar that they sent this army out and he was in Medina and he was made to see everything that was happening to the army and he called out to the leader to go take refuge in the mountain and that voice that he called with was carried to him very distant away and he heard it and he did that and that saved them and they came back to Medina and they reported about it, they said this happened, we heard Omar's voice and he told us go to the mountain and we went to the mountain the emissary of Allah وسلم, informed people about Omar's reality when he said, Among the nations before you, there were inspired people, muhaddathun, and if there is to be anyone like that in my nation, it will be Omar. So, like I just mentioned, <coughs> uh, someone among the spiritual masters was asked about Firasa, and he said, Firasah is that which is communicated by souls that move about in the sovereign realm, the Malakut and look upon the meanings of unseen realities, whose secrets they then describe in truth with an expression born of direct witnessing and intellective vision, not surmise and deduction to quote al Kitani, spiritual intuition is an unveiling of the truth and a vision of the unseen so basically the soul is working in a realm that is in a sense above the realm of the physical the mulk is the physical and the malakut is the realm that's above that and the soul is traveling in the realm of the malakut and it's bringing information then to the person in the mulk Allahu alam I have not experienced this (laughs) people who have are not going to tell you about it anyways but uh, this is what's known from different stories and many many different instances in Muslim history Spiritual intuition is one of the stages of faith. Imam Malik had extremely powerful intuition. It is narrated that the first time a Shafi'i visited Malik and set eyes upon him, Malik looked at him from head to toe and then said to him reprovingly, Dear son, fear Allah and avoid sin, and something great will come of you for certain. On another occasion, Ibn Farooq, Ibn Ghanim and Al-Bahlul ibn Rashid came to see Malik he said of the first he is the jurist of his land he said of the second he is the judge of his land and he said of the third he is the conqueror of his land and for all of them what he said came to be true so he looked at them and he saw that there was something in them he just knew it is reported that a Shafi'i and Muhammad ibn Hassan, Muhammad ibn Hassan is the one of the two top students of Imam Abu Hanifa Shafi'i and Muhammad ibn Hassan were in the sacred mosque in Mecca when a man entered their presence. Muhammad ibn Hassan said, I intuit that he is a carpenter. A Shafi'i said, I intuit that he is a blacksmith. When they asked his profession, the man said, I used to be a carpenter, but these days I am a blacksmith. And so both of them were correct. So they both were correct even though they saw something different another story, these are all just stories of the spiritual intuition, that's why I said we're just going to read them, and then we'll conclude Adinawadi that's how they transliterated it, I don't know if that's what it is, but anyways stated I was once sitting in the congreg- congregational mosque of Baghdad in the company of some poor people no provision came our way, so I went to say I went to see Ibrahim al-Khawas very famous early person ask him for something they could eat When he saw me, and before I had a chance to speak to him, he said, Let me ask you, the need for which you have come to ask of me, does Allah know of it or not? I replied, Of course he knows. Whereupon he said, So be quiet, return from whence you came, and do not disclose your need to people. I made my way back, and a short while later Allah granted an opening and provided even more than enough. He saw, he understood, he responded Qushayri related that a young man sought the company of Junaid Junaid's companion said to him "O master, this young man possesses firasa and can read other people's thoughts When Junaid learned of this, he asked What is it that people say about you? The young man said to Junaid, think of something I have done so, said Junaid The young man told him You thought of such and such Junaid replied, no The young man told him, sit down and think of something else. Junaid said, I have done so. The young man told him, you thought of such and such. Junaid replied, no. The young man said, sit down a third time and think of something. Junaid replied, I have done so. The young man said, you thought of such and such. Junaid replied, no. The young man exclaimed, glorified is Allah, subhanAllah. You are a truthful man and I do not belie my own heart. So he's saying, I know that you're a truthful man, but I also know that what's in my heart is true. At which point, Junaid said to him, you were correct all three times, but I wanted to test you in order to see if your heart would change. And in the commentary he says, but isn't that lying? He says, no, it's not lying because Junaid meant no, I'm not going to tell you. He didn't mean no, you were wrong. He meant no, I'm not going to tell you. (laughs) So it's like a little tricky, but he wanted to see is his heart going to stay the same or not and it stayed the same so this is again an example of this firasa it is also related that Asari sari said to Junaid go out and preach to the people As-Sari was the sheikh of Junaid I believe he was his uncle and he was his sheikh so As-Sari as said to Junaid go out and preach to people at the time, Junaid had a fear of speaking in public because he did not consider himself worthy of the task. Junaid said, One night, however, which happened to be a Thursday night, I went to sleep and saw the Prophet ﷺ in my dream. And he instructed me, Go out and preach to people. When I woke up, I quickly went to a house and knocked on his door. After he came out and looked at me, so he came out, he looked at him, and he said, he asked me before I had a chance to inform him. So you did not believe me until you were ordered. Meaning by the Prophet Wasallam. So you didn't believe me until you were ordered? He said yes. <laughs> the next day I went out to the Friday Congregational Masjid and news had spread that I was going to speak. And so Junaid began to speak. When a Christian youth in disguise approached him and said, Master, what is the meaning of the words of Allah's emissary? Beware of the believer's spiritual intuition for he looks with the light of Allah So what happened? He goes to this gathering, he speaks gives his talk or whatever A Christian is disguised as a Muslim and comes up to him and asks him What is the meaning of the statement of the Prophet ﷺ? Beware of the firasa of the believer because they look with the light of Allah Junaid lowered his head for a while Then he looked up and he said Embrace Islam for the time of your Islam has arrived The young man embraced Islam that very moment Junaid's spiritual intuition manifested that moment And it became clear that the young man was a Christian Who had come in disguise And Allah knows best And Allah knows best So this is something that they describe, That the believers have this One brother he told me that one time he was in... uh, I'll try to keep it as anonymous as possible, that he, there was a sister that he was interested in, and they had spoke about, you know, potentially getting married and stuff, and then he was traveling to study somewhere, and, um, you know, not for a super long time, but he was traveling to study for a little period, and then, you know, they were talking about when he comes back, maybe they can get married and stuff like that. Of course, nobody knew about this. He didn't talk to anyone about it. Nobody knew about it. And he was in this country that he went to, and it was rather remote. And they went to this village. And in the village, there was a masjid, just a regular masjid, local imam. And they went in, and they said salam to people, and he sat in front of the imam. And the imam looked at him, and he paused, and he said, How is the sister back home? And he knew exactly what he was talking about Nobody else knew it no, Nobody's been spoken to about it They're in a random village There's no way that someone gave him that information But somehow he knew it And so you Allahu know, <coughs> alam To the reality of these things But there are enough reports About it To give us confidence To believe that they are true So we ask Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala to protect us and to increase us in our rank and to give us good in this life and the next we ask Allah to make us people of spiritual insight and spiritual deliberation and um, um, of, of true connection to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala Allahumma ameen we ask Allah to allow us to reach the month of Ramadan, we are on its doorstep we ask Allah to allow us to reach the month of Ramadan, to reach it in good health and in safety, <coughs> and to have the ability to fast it, and to worship in it, and to read Qur'an in it, and to put forth whatever types of good that we're able to put forth. Allahumma amin. Sallallahu <laughs> wasallam ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi. Subhanak Allahumma wa bihamdik. Nishadu wa la ilaha illa anta. وتواصل وتواصل الله. الله yes, I saw your message on uh, Facebook Sometimes if I I try not to respond to those too much But sometimes I catch them and I'm the one that responds to them